how sweep it is. Again, I told you not to panic. The Mets got swept three games by the Cubs, Figgy. They turned the ship around and beat the Pirates for four. And now we look ahead to a week on this episode where they can clinch a playoff spot. Jubilation is in the air. Yeah, I like the uh, play on words there with the uh, turn the ship around. What could be better right now? Mets fans have to be feeling better about this team. And we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. And Mad Max returns. Can they clinch with Mad Max on the hill? That's a sign. $43 million clinch will be the most expensive clinch in the history of baseball. We'll hear Mm. from the fans on this episode of Amazing But True Figgy as we hear voicemails from you, the listeners, in our You Got Mail segment. We're bringing it back. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. It's out. We got you. Struck him out. 13 strikeouts in five innings. Little punch shot, shallow center field. On comes Allen and Lyons for a base hit. Boris in the score, and the Mets have the lead. He got him looking, and the ball game is over. The 20th strikeout for the Mets pitching staff today. That ties the major league record. The Mets complete a four-game sweep of the Pirates on the strength of a 4-1 eighth inning, and they beat Pittsburgh today 7-3 to stay a game up on the Braves. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True on New York Mets podcast on the New York Post. That sounds like the voice of a guy who just celebrated the most improbable win in the history of the Jets franchise on Sunday. That's me, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, Nelson Figueroa. Those highlights you heard courtesy of SMY, Picks 11. Great win on Sunday, Figgy. Later in the show, we'll hear from you, the listeners. I don't think we've done it all year, so we'll no. hear from uh, a mailbox. My mailbox is now full, so I have to uh, delete old voicemails from Lenny Dykstra today, this morning, until <laughs> I woke up. No, you won't. Running on an hour of sleep. I, uh, that's the one I kept, actually. I, I deleted a lot of old. I had a lot of just from my mom and dad, just funny ones, like when they're driving off the side of the road or Jake, any new Gill stories or just funny just voicemails from them. So unfortunately, and then you got to delete them from the recently deleted and then they're just gone forever. So I'm sorry, mom and dad, leave me some more funny voicemails for the new year. But who cares about my parents voicemails? The New York Mets 50 wins at City Field. They have set a new City Field record. The most wins at home in a single season. The final long homestand. They got two more against the Marlins next week. Three to close the season against the Nationals at home. And Viggy, after losing three to the Cubs, they said, we ain't losing again to bad teams. They went out and just dominated the Pirates. And can we just talk about, I mean, the Mets were incredible this weekend. They were great. The Pirates are just an atrocious team. No fundamentals, bad defense. I've never seen so many guys score on walks. I mean, their pitchers could not throw strikes. They were hitting guys where Pete Alonso was fed up and almost charged them out against Ovelia. That's like a... a restaurant here in Astoria on 30th Avenue. They charge this guy who's throwing walks left and right. You know, they're really bad, but the Mets had to show we can beat those bad teams after what happened to the Cubs, and they did just that. Yeah, the panic about the offense. Losing Marte was was a huge blow. You can tell the difference. Canna, after praising him for the last two weeks on our podcast, 
he disappeared for the week and batted a, a paltry 143 for this week. And it showed, right? It showed because of big moments, big situations where he had come through time and time again. And he's not perfect. We understand that. But other guys were able to pick up the slack. Uh, Vogelback over Revenge 500. Revenge series. Yeah, Revenge over 500, series. showing him why he, he should have been a pirate for life kind of thing. But he's in, you know, much greener pastures having a chance to go to the playoffs here. Um, you know, all the way around, tremendous job done uh, by all. Jacob DeGrom yesterday, I tuned in, uh, was talking with Fonzie as we're preparing uh, for our final game. And I look up and it's a fourth inning and I see the K corners filled already with 10 punch outs. Uh, it's not normal. That's just not normal. So being healthy, throwing the ball the way he is, is so encouraging. It's, it's a, some, a thing of beauty, the way he does it. And, um, you know, for the Pirates, there's one guy to watch on that team, and and man, he's must see TV. That O'Neill Cruz kid is just something special. Every time he hits the ball, it's lightning. It's 105 plus. It's it's just a missile. Some as they say, another cruise missile. Ha ha ha. Um, they made a bunch of cruise puns. They said, uh, you know, was it Pirates tied up the game? You know, after the Mets were on cruise control. And we're hit with a cruise missile. I'm like, well, here's oh, one Jesus. for you. You said Daniel Vogelback, pirate for life. His response would be R. <laughs> that would be. Uh, see, see you're not good at dad humor. When you're not a dad, you can't do dad humor. I'm a dad to food babies. What do you mean? That good counts. God. Uh, I have a dad bod. That counts. Anyways, the Vogelback baby got back. He came back and they needed that because, again, you want to talk about fans worried. We were all worried about what's happening from this DH position. You know, Mark Vientos, good for him, had his first hit in the big leagues and RBI single on Thursday night. It's been him, Naquin, Vogelback, all doing nothing to the point where we're like, maybe we should give Dom Smith another try. You know, I Dom's love Dom raking Smith. down there. Yeah, but every time we say that, he comes up here and doesn't hit. So, like, I don't think we'll see Dom. Maybe if there's an injury, he's the next man up. But we didn't want to go down that path again. And Vogelback reminded us, you know what? I'm here. I'm good. Maybe it took playing a just god-awful team to get it done. But, hey, maybe that's the kick in the in the arse, in the arse that he needs. I'll see myself out. Uh, and, you know, the, the last men on this on this roster who I've talked about, uh, do you need him? You know, let's get another bat here instead. Proving that he can be the valuable 26th man on this team. And he's not demanding a replay. He's not demanding a recount. But Mr. Gore is stealing bases. See what I did there. Stole second, got to third. Nimmo brings him home. Terrence Gore could be a huge factor in October because this guy is almost an automatic stolen base, Figgy. He knows his role. He did it on the first pitch, immediately got up and went to third. And again, I know it's a terrible team, but if Terrence Gore could do something like this for the Mets, and whether he's pinch running in the eighth or ninth for a Vogel back, you know, for a Nito, for a McCann, he can be an important factor on, on a championship team. And you could see why he has a shot here to maybe win three rings in three years. We got to show Terrence Gore some love on this episode. And, you know, I love small ball figgy. And it's nice to see that from Gore because, yes, the Mets still, you know, had opportunities, especially Sunday. DeGrom was good. But then he gave up that home run, and that seems to be uh, something that's been happening to him. He's getting either gas or not, you know, maybe mentally is not there in the sixth inning. Gives up the homer. It happened to him earlier a couple of weeks back as well. I love that. Um, it happened a couple of weeks ago. Well, because he wasn't here all, all season. So. Well, I know, but that's a few that's times the... where he gives up, you know, late in a game, Figgy. He gets a little gas. So, like, it is something to watch because come October, you want him not pitching six inning. You don't want him pitching seven. You want him trying to go eight inning. So in the eighth inning, got guys on. Bucks going to have a decision to make. Do I go to Adovino? 
Do I go to Diaz early or do I trust the ground to keep going? And there has been a few times given to Homer. So we all goo goo gaga over him. And I still do. But that's something that we got to keep on the back of our minds in the playoffs. Can he go that eight innings? He hasn't had that stamina to do so. And that's what's going to be watched in October. And we're hoping the first week in November. If you go through stats and you look at, you know, what players are batting first time through the lineup, second time through the lineup, third time and so and so. And now they do it as calculated as the first 25 pitches, the next 25 pitches, the next 25 pitches, because usually it's 100 pitches and definitely you're out of the game. 85 seems to be the norm for normal human beings. And you would hope Jacob DeGrom is considered you know, more than just a normal human being when it comes to throwing a baseball. Unfortunately, it's just the way that new baseball is played. I don't understand it. I don't get why that is. It's like all of a sudden people said you can't go, you know, complete games anymore. And all of baseball went, okay. And every time somebody does go a complete game, they got to get shut down for weeks or months because they got to recuperate. So that's a very scary thing for baseball in general. But as a starting pitcher, if he can only focus on the first 85 pitches, there's nobody better through 85 pitches. He's going to be able to dominate the way that he does. And uh, I think that's what they're going to look for in, in those situations as well. Uh, hopefully 85 through six and seven, that's different than 85 just through five. So we'll see. Uh, the, the strikeouts did take a toll. 26 pitches in the first inning yesterday. That was, you know, a, a bit much for him just to get right. And once he got right, it was, you know, downhill from there. I think the next one was like, it was like 16, 15, 14, 13. And then that last inning where he gives up the home run. But, you know, still, I, I put him on the mound versus anyone in any situation. And I think you're going to come out on top. Yeah, when he was mowing through those batters, it was like the opposite of you pitching at your age now, which you <laughs> did on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. It was like the polar opposite. Like everyone's in homers off you. Yeah, but I'm Jacob DeGrom's oh, jersey number. Okay, it's a little different. That's, that's right. You are uh, approaching your ARP benefits. I think they come at age 50 now instead of 65. So uh, prepare for that coming in the mail for you soon, uh, Figgy. It should be coming. But Figgy, I got to say this, you know, after the three losses against the Cubs, this team showed us why this team is so fun to root for, and why you got to be at the ballpark. I know a lot of people complain the crowds weren't big this week. Saturday was big for this thing right here. The Gary Cohen bobblehead, the final one of the series. But they reminded us this weekend why they have the most wins at home in the season, why this is a band of brothers that you should be rooting for no matter what. Why, if they happen to win the wild card, all hope is not down the drain. Why this team was always built to win a title behind a manager that's been waiting his whole life to do it. Buck Showalter's been in this league for a long time. He's been waiting for this one shining moment. Cue the March Madness music, except it's going to be the November Madness music because in November, Buck Showalter wants to finally wear that ring that he's been waiting for his whole life, and he's got the chance to do it. And you should be out there those final five games at home. I know the playoffs will be packed, but support this team. They got a shot to clinch the division at home in those last three games. Like we keep saying, it might come down to those three in Atlanta. You know, if they get swept in Atlanta, their hope for the division might be lost, but it might come down to those because the Braves – we talked about their schedule being more difficult. And I said, I don't buy into that because the Phillies could suck it up. And what did the Phillies do over the weekend? They sucked it up. The Braves spanked them for three games. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a beatdown to the point that Noah Syndergaard's bum ass is moving to the bullpen. I mean, that's how low it's gotten for the Philadelphia Phillies, who are still going to be in the playoffs. And I shouldn't say all this smack talk because we got to play them and lose. I'm going to look like an idiot. But Figgy, they showed us this weekend why they are to root for and coming back on the hill tonight. On Monday night, it is this guy, Mad Max Scherzer. I think you you're making him. those. Yeah, what was <laughs> I think you're making those uh, you in, in your bathtub. 
I can't even make a waffle. You think I can make a... a <laughs> I can't even make a banana. I can't even open a banana. You make a banana. A- See, he thought he could make a banana. Yeah, Unbelievable. I, <laughs> I make pizza bagels and they get stuck to the tray. You think I You know, think I can make a boblet? So Scherz on the mound and it would be a statement, Figgy. If you could clinch, they all they need to do is win one against the Brewers. Hopefully they don't get swept. Three in Milwaukee, Mad Max back. Hope he stays healthy, but it would be a, a really cool moment for this team to clinch the playoffs with your starter on the mound who's starting either game one or two in the playoffs. And I hope Mad Max can get it done tonight. And I know it's just a wild card spot to clinch, but to clinch the playoffs is always a cool moment and would be the cause for celebration. All this team's been through this year, the adversity they've battled. No reason to not pop several bottles and maybe eat some cheese in Milwaukee tonight. <laughs> yeah, there'll definitely be some cheese available. That's for sure. The Mad Max coming back, just hearing those words is jubilation for Met fans. You, you want one of those two guys. Um, and if you can have those guys back to back in any series and then, of course, in the playoffs, you, you stand a really good chance in the first two of any series. So uh, he looked sharp down in Syracuse. No ailments with the with the oblique, the side, whatever else was bothering him. And, and that's kind of where we're at in baseball as well. You have to monitor people's innings and workloads as you get towards the playoffs. And with the expanded playoffs, you kind of have a feeling that the Mets are going to be there the whole time. So you you did little things where if a guy says, you know, I'm a little fatigued or I'm a little tired or I feel a little down, hey, Give them time off. The troops can can weather the storm. Uh, McGill, of course, again, you have all these other weapons at, you, uh, at your disposal, which is such a, a huge thing to have. Now, when they have to set this playoff roster and, and the bullpen, it's going to look much different than it is now. You're not going to see some of the familiar faces from the other side of uh, Mets land where you're normally pissed off. Why is this guy in the game? You're not going to see those guys. Uh, so you're going to see the starters. You're going to see maybe some starters doing some long relieving or middle relieving. And then you're going to see, you know, the, the back end guys who've been so consistent all, uh, all season long. Um, you have Diaz, you have uh, Aravino, you have Lugo. Those are the three that you're counting on to get the job done, you know? And, and I think, Without a doubt, when you have Mad Max coming back, everybody's all smiles in the clubhouse and ready to, you know, watch an ace go to work. And tonight you get Tyler, Big Drip, McGill back. Hearts, let's play that sound from Buck on the nickname Big Drip. Because you know me, we're in the gold chains. I'm a Big Drip guy. Let's hear what Buck had to say about Big Drip. He is dripping around in there. I don't know who gave him that, but nice going. I walked by him. I said, just, you know, just, I can tell he's got a great face going right now. I can tell. What does he say? He's got a great face going. I mean, does, does he know Game that face. big drip means ice? Does he know that it means chains and it means- uh, swag? He just, you know, it, it's swag for the old, for the old school guys like Buck. He, he knows what swagger is. He knows it's, it's just as big as he is. He's a large human being as he is moseying around. He's got his game face on all the good things that Buck wants to see. Cause McGill's been busting his butt to get back to the big leagues and be able to help this team out. So to have him back again, weapons, weapons are plenty and Buck will take full advantage of that by getting him out there as soon as possible. Some would say Tyler McGill is the Jake Brown of the Mets. I mean, with the name Big Drip, oh, he might gosh. be my uh, alter ego. You know, we don't look. Someone tweeted me, a couple of people, I think it was Tess, she said that I look like the Pirates pitcher. You guys could confirm this. I think it was, what was it Bryce Wilson? Was that his name? Look up the picture of him now, and I want to get feedback because he kind of looks like a doofus, and that I don't want to look like Oof. a doofus. Uh, now uh, I'm looking. 
<laughs> I think I look better than him. I'm actually a little offended because he yeah. kind of looks like a dweeb. But uh, what do you think? Bryce Wilson. I do see some similarities. I mean, the, the biggest difference, though, is that he has hair and you don't. But uh, facial wise, I mean, you know, I can I can see it a little bit, but no. Oh, it's wait, not the, super close. There's, there's a side profile of him here. <laughs> I what get do you it now. Do you see I, it? I get it now. Because he got a little bit of a thick face. Is that what you're saying no. over here? Oh, it's not his face. He's, uh, he's a little he's a couple pounds over where he's oh, a be. little chubby, oh, a wait. little chubby checker yeah. over here. Because in the past, I've got Mike Moustakis is my doppelganger. That I think actually makes a little more sense. That's um, a little closer. Yeah. Although, again, not, not the two most handsome fellas in baseball. I'm getting compared there to, but go. I guess I'm pretty average, so it's fine. <laughs> um, all right. So Mike Moustakis and Bryce Wilson. Yikes. Well, Moustakis makes a lot more money, so I'll, I'll take the Moustakis comparison. Well, the Mets, a big series against the Brewers because guess what? The Nationals are playing the Braves, which means the Braves are probably going to sweep another series. So this division could be in the Braves' hands, at least in the lead by the end of the week, but then the Phillies will have to help the Mets. That'll be in Philly for four. The Mets will have three at the A's, two Marlins, the big Braves series. Braves close with the Marlins, Mets close with the Nationals. So big drips back Monday. Max Scherzer's back Monday. Drew Smith will be back Tuesday. Lots more still to do on this episode of Amazing But True. Your New York Mets are 93 and 55 on pace for 102 wins. How about that? And you got mail. We'll hear from our voicemail box from you next on Amazing But True. On what? TikTok? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You've got mail. Hi, Jake and Figgy. This is Amy from upstate New York. Uh, diehard, longtime Mets fan here. I got to tell you, after we swept the Pirates, we're going for the division. These boys are definitely going to grab the division, and I'm ready for October. Uh, I do have a question for you guys. Uh, do you think Starling Marte will be back before postseason? Thanks for everything. I love your pod. It's the only Mets podcast I listen to. Thanks to Amy. That is uh, very nice. Appreciate you listening to the show, of course. And I'm a little worried. I got to say, to answer a question, you know, I agree with everything else she said. I'm worried about Marte because they're saying they hope he's going to be ready before the playoffs. But the fact he can't really put a grip on a bat is like a little bit of a concern because you need him to be able to grip the bat. And this lineup is light years better with him. So my gut thinks the earliest figgy he'll be back is maybe the last three games against the Nationals. But I have a feeling his return might be game one NLDS. And the hope is that they get there because think about the extra off days. The season one Wednesday NLDS game one would be the following Tuesday, mm-hmm. October 11th. So you get a little five to six day layover there. And that might be the layover that gets Starling Marte ready for game one. I, I don't know if he'll be back much sooner. Yeah. And and in what capacity, what can he do? You know, you're worried about gripping the bat. You're worried about rust of not being able to hit and stay sharp and stay as productive. But he is also a game changer in every facet of the game with his defense, with his arm, with his glove, with his bat, um, with his speed. Um, That's another element. Right. Again, you can use him, whether it's to pinch run, whether it's to, you know, maybe you can lay down a bunt 
Jake, just for you. He can lay down a bunt and, and, you know, do some other things. If he can't swing the bat, you just want to have him back. You're going to have him. Definitely. He's going to be there in the dugout. He's going to be ready. He's going to do everything he can to play. Uh, we've seen him come back from several injuries this year. And, uh, it, you know, you always go back to players like Juan Lagares. You know, if he could only stay healthy, he could only stay healthy. And it was because he played so hard diving for balls and running into walls and things like that, that he seemed to always be banged up. Marte is a physical specimen and, and there's no two ways about that. So I think he's going to be ready and I think he's going to be able to be a productive member of this team come October. You've got mail. Hi, my name is Stephanie Flam. I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm a huge Mets fan. You could probably find me at almost every home game. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about the Mets playoff push. The Little Rocks getting swept by the Cubs, but they bounced back and swept the Pirates. And I'm feeling good if the Grom Scherzer and Bassett are starting in the Atlanta series coming up. And my question for you guys is, do you think that the division is going to come down to the Atlanta series? And how do you see it playing out? Well, if you couldn't tell Steph is from Long Island, then you're deaf and uh, need uh, need New Year's. But thanks for the call, Steph. You can also find me at every home game. Uh, 62 this year. I've been to uh, 56 home, six road. So I'm hoping to get to 60 uh, before the regular season ends. But uh, yes, we said it, Figgy. You know, if you get swept in Atlanta, it's probably over. Because the way Atlanta's playing, they're beating everyone, that the Mets just have to stay around tied or one up or one down. If they get two down, they're in trouble. Then you got to sweep in Atlanta because one does nothing. So it's really got to stay similar to where it is now. And I don't think they're going to be more than three up before that Atlanta series. It's going to be, again, one tied, one or two. At the end of it all, it's going to be a very good chess series. I don't think they're going to sit back and pull out all the stops. I think they're going to, you know, this is a sparring match more so than anything, because you're going to probably have to face them at some point into the playoffs. I I don't know. I think that both teams are are just playing so well, even the games that they play against each other. You know, they seem to be very close games, very low scoring games. These guys know each other well, and and that's what you expect from two teams at the top of this division. It comes down to the other games, finishing off, uh, bouncing back if something doesn't go your way in that Atlanta series, right? You got a couple more left to play. Got to play them and play them out the right way. You got to make sure that this team is is ready to go into the postseason, regardless if they're in first, if they finish and win the division, or if they won't go in as a wild card. Thirty-five and twenty-one is my home record at City Field this year, Figgy. So that means the Mets. Did you just say your home record? Yes. <laughs> so that means the Mets are. You 15... keep stats team on yeah, your. I got just a whole uh, presence. I got a whole notepad here. He legit has that, uh, stats. Figgy, wow. How does, how, how does that make you feel as a former player where like someone like Jake is is like keeping track of his own record? I'm part of the team, bro. Something it's not, you're not part of the team, Jake. Like, <laughs> like you have no effect of what happens on the field. Like, I've invested have- the money to be a part of this team. <laughs> As many he gets free tickets, and he that's says he not, invested that's not the money. True. That's not true. A, a good portion I've paid for this year. Some games yes have been free. No, I think I'm a part of. It. I'm the 29th man in uh, listen the expanded I, this, roster. This, this is where this is where I get I, I get to argue with Yankee fans the most is when they say we got 27 rings. No, you don't. Okay, not even your grandfather has 27 rings. Okay, your great grandfather is the one who has the 27 rings. You guys have seen two. In your whole lifetime, you and your father. So, yes, this is uh, Jake and uh, the mouse in his pocket because he says we are. 
15 and four in the games I haven't been to. Good so maybe I'm God. bad luck because they, maybe they you are. You might be the mush. I'll sit in the corner. Almost every time I'm up there. Put a towel over your head. And three and th- we did that over COVID to keep the sound in. Uh, interviewing Mike Piazza, I was sweating my titties off with a towel over my head, talking about toilet paper making your ass bleed. All right. All right. It's next voice. You've got mail. Hey guys, this is Drew from Sandy Hook. I love the show, but I'm just wondering what you guys think about who the number four starter will be in the playoffs. I feel like Carrasco and Taiwan are kind of that same coin flip at this point, but I just want to know, like, what do you think of the better, uh, some better stuff to, to get through lineups in the postseason against those better level teams? Drew uh, clearly took some melatonin. It sounded like he was still half asleep. Uh, actually, my former co-host on ESPN Radio New Hampshire, The Weekend with Jake and Drew, he was the Drew half. Of the show. Obviously. I got that part. <laughs> I actually changed my name for the show to be Drew, and he was Jake. It's the opposite day. Well, here's the thing, Figgy, and this it's actually a good question, because will there be a, a Game 4 starter? Or, in my mind, I was always thinking DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, that's it. But would you have a four starter? Like, do you, I guess you have one ready just in case, but mm-hmm. I guess it would be, you know, I think the first round, you got to go DeGrom again, Game 4, Scherzer again, Game 5. And do it on early rest, I think, right? Because the issue will come if they have the wild card round. I don't know if you're not going to be able to do that. So you might need a game four starter. In my estimation, I'm more comfortable with Carrasco, honestly. I just think he's a veteran. He's pitched in big games before. I love Taiwan Walker, but he struggled for a second straight year in the second half. He's had his good moments, but he's had some bad moments. So I go with Carrasco, but do you even think they'll need a game four starter? Well, this is uh, the new baseball, right? It, it, can these guys bounce back quick enough to pitch game four? You know, you want them out there. You you need them out there, but can they bounce back? And is it the best move for them? So that would determine, I, I really think, who would pitch game one because you would want that person to be able to bounce back for game four. Then that person would probably be Max Scherzer because he's kind of that animal mentality that he can pitch throw his 100 pitches, and then bounce back and prepare himself because he's done it time and time again. So you're saying Scherzer from one and four and DeGrom if, for game if you're gonna two? Go, if that's the way you're going with it, huh. if, if that's the way you're going with it, because DeGrom would be the X factor that, say, if the Mets lost one nothing, as we've seen Scherzer fall victim to a few times, if they lost one nothing, um, and then you have DeGrom going, and then you get back in at 1-1, that's where you want to be able to have Scherzer probably bounce back a little quicker than a DeGrom. I don't know how quick DeGrom can bounce back. We've seen it, you know, where it, it's been monitored. It's been every, you know, fifth every fifth day if it can be, but there's been off days. There's been a lot of different things with the scheduling. You're not going to have that luxury in the playoffs. So, um, and if you're going to use a fourth starter, say if you just went normal with a fourth starter, yeah, I'd probably go Cookie Carrasco. i go Carrasco and, and maybe use both. You might go half and half with, with those two guys. And remember, you still have McGill as a long man, just in case for any of the other games. So again, options are plenty. You got Peterson in there, but you're talking about situational when it comes to those other starters, right? You're going to use them. uh, You know, if a starter is a ton of pitches, but he went a solid five innings and you might go, you know, with McGill or Peterson or whoever for the, you know, next two or three innings, if they are able to turn the lineup over one time and then hand it off to the back end of the bullpen. So I didn't even think about the Scherzer for game one because he has a quicker turnaround. Because my mind, I'm like, DeGrom's the best pitcher. He goes game one. But it's not a bad point if if you need two starts within three days rest to go Scherzer one and four. You know, I just think DeGrom has pitched better. But, you know, Scherzer turns the lights on in October. He's just probably a different animal. So, and, you know, he's pitched there more. It's weird because DeGrom, we're like, he's incredible. He's incredible. He's only was in there until because he has a 16 to one game Syndergaard pitch. Yep. 2015 was the only year we've seen DeGrom. 
in big, big moments. So Scherzer does it, you know, all the time in his World Series ring. You've got mail. Hey, Jake McPiggy, how's it going, guys? This is Kyle from Fumble, Connecticut. Everyone had their hand over the panic button going into this Pirates series, as if a team, a good team had never lost to a bad team before coming off the Cubs. Well, we just showed you what we can do. The Pirates were nothing for us. The Brewers are going to be nothing for us. Marlins, nothing. We have a great, easy schedule heading into October. We get to play the Braves right before our little tune-up. We're going to lock in the division. The Braves keep, keep crying in the Twitter comments saying, well, easy schedule. Well, you know what? They had a 14-game win streak earlier in the year where they had their own easy schedule. So looking forward to this playoff push. No need to worry. Vogie's back. McNeil, MVP candidate in my eyes. I mean, he, he's been irreplaceable for us. DeGrom, dominant. Scherzer coming back. Everything's looking good. I agree, Kyle, from my old hometown of Trumbull, Connecticut. And I've been getting it, too, from Braves fans. And my message is just like crying Braves fans. It's like they are an insufferable fan base, especially on Twitter. McNeil MVP, the league's a little crazy. But for the Mets, he's been an MVP. I mean, he's up for a potential batting title. And you can't underlie his defense. That catch he made against the wall in right field the other day was remarkable. They have the new utility goal glove, although he's played most games at second. I honestly think he should be one or two at second base to win a goal glove. And I hope he does win one because he deserves it. I'm positive. Not too worried about the schedule. Good positivity. there. Yeah, up in Trumbull, Connecticut, the land of we. That's, that's good. That's good. Everything he said was just like you. We 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 did this. We did that. No, I I love it. I love when the uh, fans, he's a part of the team as well. I love so. I love when the fans buy in like that. But that's what you want as a fan base. You want to feel the ups and downs of this team. As soon as things go bad, it's they suck. Not we suck. It's they suck. So there's a difference in it, right? The vibe has been all year long is that you guys are along for the ride with this team. And that's they 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 had us from day one, uh, you know, when they did all the moves in the offseason and they un- unveiled a statue and you got everything else going on. That's what you're talking about with this team and how Steve Cohen has changed the culture. People are walking the streets of New York, showing off their Mets gear proudly to the Yankees. They don't care what the Yankees were doing. Remember when the Yankees were so much better than all the rest of baseball? Now Mets fans are looking at those Yankee fans a little bit differently, a little bit more swagger in there. If we could get that Subway Series in the World Series, that would be something that you know, in our lifetimes, we would never, ever forget. And we'd be telling our grandkids about it as well. I'd rather that than play the Astros. I'm, I'd much rather play the Yankees than the Astros. And then we get seven games a year. Won't even have to travel. I'll go to both ballparks. And, you know, Kyle can't say, wait, we, he hasn't bought as many lobster rolls this year as, as me. He hasn't put in the lobster roll redemption. I had to go the hearts route because they ran out of the warm ones the other night and have the cold one. Um, yes, I did pay for food at the stadium. And uh, it was actually pretty good. I'll give hearts that in the fall nights. It does get a little bit better to have a cold one in the fall. Still prefer the warm, but I enjoyed it. I had a lot. I had a cold lobster roll and meatball in a cup, which a lot of people sleep on. They don't even know where it is. They never heard of it. Get the meatball in a cup. It's ten dollars. I mean, that's that's as cheap as a hot dog in a stadium. You've got mail. Hey, this is Keith from the Queens Baseball Convention. I gotta tell you guys, I'm very excited about how the Mets are playing this year. Definitely not your uh, your Wilpons Mets. I have a great hope in this team. Even if they don't go all the way to the World Series, they've made it fun. They've made it enjoyable. They've made it the fact that you can see that the Mets are going to be a, a force for the next few years at least. Shout out the Queens Baseball Convention. Yes, I believe sir. we'll be doing a podcast there. Uh, there, It's actually going to be in Queens. Uh, Bartolo Colon will be there, but also special guest, friend of the program, 
Ari Dickey knuckleballer nice. will be there as well. Queens baseball convention. You should go because we will be there most likely if you're not somewhere in another country coaching or somewhere, but at least I will be there representing the show, maybe with a guest if you're not. And uh, he said, tickets go on sale Thursday, 9 a.m. Queens baseball convention.com. So Ari Dickey, Bartolo Colon, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. I mean, come on. That is uh, they're rolling out the red carpet. That's something we haven't talked about a lot, but we won a world series this year that maybe they'll get it. Maybe they won't. I think they will. What they're showing us is that this is going to be competitive for years to come. And you're going to want to go to city field every year. Cause this is going to be a world series contender every year. A lot of times it's one year's wonders with the Mets the year after 2000 missed the playoffs. The year after 69, missed the playoffs. The year after 73, missed the playoffs. The year after 86, missed the playoffs. The year after 2006, choked. The year after 2007, choked. You know it. 2008, choked. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. How do you uh, go back-to-back losing years? I know. What is yeah, wrong with you? I just had to reiterate that you were Thank on that God. team. You just wanted uh, to throw me on there. The year after it. 2015, we, one we game playoff on doesn't count. We were on the team, Jake. Yeah, I wasn't on that one. I was on the other good ones. Uh, so, you know, this has been one-year wonders. They're the Baja men of baseball. It's one-hit wonder, one-year wonders. You know. Yeah, but you still listen to that song, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, they had to move right, it like then. this, too. I could shake it. I could move it like this. I could shake it like this. They got to be better than the Clay Aiken Invinci- Invincible. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Uh, they got any more one-hit wonders. Funky Town Lips Inc. Uh, I think it was Lips Inc. Uh, Funky Town. Uh, so a lot of one-hit wonders. This is not a one-year wonder for the New York Mets anymore. Steve Cohen's franchise is going to be a 10-hit greatest hits collection on an infomercial. Mm. Nice, nice. I like what you did there. And, and yes, that's what it was all about when he took over and you knew that it wasn't going to be a problem with writing checks. They're not the Will Ponds Mets anymore. They're Steve Cohen's Mets. Um, and they're now Jake's Mets as well. I, I think this Mets team, of course, you look at being smart with their money as well. It's not just about buying the you know most expensive car on the lot. It's about getting something that you can depend on, getting something that you can use and that will maintain its value. Something like a Tesla rather than going and getting, you know, some kind of. No, no, no. Get a Cadillac. No matter what you do. Friend of the, friends of the show. Cadillacs, no matter yes, what. Yes. Yes. If you want. I'm a best company bang, man. Plus bang for your buck and get a Cadillac. No, I, I think that's what you're looking at is the longevity um, for it as well, because there, there are some things that are coming up. Right. You got to sign Peter Alonzo to a long term deal. What do you can do with Brandon Nim? What are you going to do? Jacob DeGrom, if he opts out after this season, I know we don't want to talk about it. I know this won't be a positive show. Let's say that but, for later. We don't want to talk but, about that. But right what now. I'm trying to say is that there's no concern that we wouldn't have the money to do something. You've got mail. Hey, guys. This is Lara. I'm from Howard Beach, New York. Lifetime Met fan. I just want to say I feel like the Mets are an unstoppable team for the playoffs. Things look so good right now, especially with a healthy DeGrom. I'm sure you're going back to back. As long as the offense can stay consistent and there's the good veteran leadership that they've had throughout the year, I feel like the Mets are the team to beat. I feel especially confident about that since the Mets have already taken a season series from the Dodgers in the regular season. So I feel like exciting days are ahead. My question for you guys, how do you think Buck's influence as an experienced manager is going to benefit them when they get into the playoffs? Thanks so much. Let's go Mets. She made some good points because, listen, they did beat the Dodgers season series. They're probably going to beat the Braves in the season series. They're beating the good teams. It's not just about beating bad teams. And I think Buck Showalter's influence is going to be a huge figure. And you've said it. He's always three moves ahead of the other manager. He's always prepared. He's always ready. He's got Terrence Gore now in his back pocket. He's got big drip and Drew Smith added to the arsenal. 
He's got a bigger bullpen now that you have less starters in the playoffs. So I think Buck is prepared for this. He's done this in the playoffs. He knows how to prepare his team and get ready for the playoffs. And like she said, good veteran leadership mixed with young guys, mixed with the veteran manager is the recipe for a championship figure. The best signing of the offseason by far. With After the last two managers who were young, um, inexperienced, over their heads, um, it's not easy to manage in New York. There's a lot more than just the X's and O's. There's the Y's. That's the biggest part about managing in New York. And how do you handle that? How do you handle every day knowing the scrutiny that comes by you making a move or not making a move? And then Buck Showalter has diffused that from day one. Remember, Terry used to say all the time, man, I'm going to hate this car ride home with my wife because she's going to ask me why I did this, why I did that, more so than the, than the media. So I think with Buck Showalter, everyone has learned very quickly and 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 sits back and just watches. And even SNY, when they, you know, they went over to him after they got hit for the hundredth time in the season, and they had that thing queued up already with the sirens of showing Buck turning red. Yeah, it, it, this is everything you would want in a manager. He's a player's manager. He's commands respect. Um, from day one, Scherzer, you remember, uh, tweeted right away how he wanted Buck to be the manager. This is a guy who every player who's played any amount of baseball and has have seen him in his commentary, he worked on MLB Network, he worked for the Yes Network. The man is a, a baseball genius. He's a lifer and he deserves the opportunity to have a team and an organization support him all the way to the end. He's you know been unfortunate to be fired right before reaping the benefits of all the hard work. But I think this is the year that, you know, things come together at the right time. And you have those two veteran starters who are going to want to leave their mark and leave a legacy. And there's only one way to do that. Ask the 86 team how it feels to win a championship. You know, those guys still walk on water everywhere they go in New York and even the country. Uh, You know, they did the documentary about the 86 team and that, you know, sparked it all over for a new generation of Mets fans who maybe didn't know all the ins and outs the way that we did with Buck Showalter, you know, a lesser manager wouldn't be able to handle all of the fanfare, all the pressure of what's going on. And he's doing it with a smile and still cracking jokes, you know, every single day. So I, I, I love what they got in him. And I think he's going to be the, the biggest key for, for them taking it to the next level. Buck Showalter, this is his time, and I hope I'm interviewed on the uh, 2022 Mets documentary when that happens. I want to be part of that. I want to be on SNY in 2047, when uh, maybe by then I'll have a wife and kids. You've got mail. Jason Figgy, what's going on? Coach from Long Island, New York. Uh, pretty excited about the playoff push of late. Um, not really counting anything until we're division winners, so... No celebration for me uh, once we're actually playoff eligible, but when we actually win the division, it'll mean something to me. It's hard not to feel angst when we feel like we're only one game or two games ahead, sometimes half game, but we can really only focus on what we can control. Seems like everyone else is going to be useless against the Braves, like the Phillies. So could really only focus on winning, uh, getting contributions from guys that we haven't all year. So that's fun. My question is going into the postseason, who is your four man rotation? Cause I can't figure it out. We know the, one and two, but got to figure out the rest. You've got mail. Hey, amazing but true. Mark from College Point here. Uh, just wanted to say first, I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, Jay, Kelly, I think you guys are awesome. 
Uh, one concern I'm having uh, of late, aside from, uh, you know, the Marte injury, which I think is a big one, Edwin Diaz, you know, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities as of late. Um, I'm wondering if anybody else is concerned about this. You know, I feel like not having him at his sharpest heading into the playoffs could be a real issue for the team. And uh, I wanted to see if anybody else uh, kind of shared that same sentiment. All right. Good calls there from Mark and Coach. So, Coach, you know, we kind of responded. We said DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. And we like Carrasco as the game four guy. So those are our four starters. Interesting. He's not going to celebrate, you know, the wild card clinching tonight. He's waiting for the division. So, you know, and I, I don't blame him, but listen, the Braves are, are doing incredible things. So I, I'll still enjoy this. But of course, we both 100% want the division. And to Mark uh, Figgy, not a bad point there. You know, Diaz has barely pitched. He hasn't pitched in a high leverage spot in a bit. It feels like since the Trumpets, we haven't really seen him since Timmy Trumpet came live. Finally followed me back on Twitter. Took him a while uh, the other day. Got this cool uh, card, actually. Let me show you it real quick. Timmy Trumpet Tops card. Shout out to Danny and Delta. Gave me uh, this cool little Timmy Trumpet commemorative card. I actually don't mind it because my worry, and let me knock on my local wood here, is that we don't want him to get hurt. You know, I'd rather him not get hurt and, you know, you save him for the playoffs, but I get it because, you know, he's good. He might be a little rusty. I don't love the whole, let's put him in a six run game to get him work. In my estimation, he's getting work when he warms up in the bullpen. It might not be high leverage, but he is still throwing. So I still think he's throwing. So I'm a little less worried. Does that, as you, as a pitcher, does that worry you about Diaz? No, he's he's staying sharp uh, regardless. Some guys throw a little bit every single day. Some guys will get up there every couple of days. You know, he wants to be in every single game. And whenever you're called upon, treat it just like it's a safe situation. Going out there, getting three outs, challenging hitters, getting that slider to be unhittable and the fastball continuing to sit upper 90s, touching 103 at, at times. That's something that you, you can't simulate it no matter what you do in the bullpen. So you want to be out there and have the adrenaline and be able to control it, be able to do it in a hostile environment on the road. Um, so you put him in those games no matter what so that he can kind of get used to that feeling. I think we're over those uh, nerves. I think Diaz is over those nerves. I think Diaz is now... At, at that elite level of of closer again, where you know it's lights out. It's a, a guy who effectively has the same stuff as a Jacob Degrom, and uh, being coming out there in the ninth inning after you've been you know lulled to sleep by some middle reliever who's coming in and and changing the tone, turning the lineup over. He gets those three guys. I think they'll get him in situations, and they're not going to just rest him for two weeks, even if the scores are lopsided for some reason. So uh, again, we praise Buck and uh, using his bullpen and and his ability to to make give every guy on this team a chance to be successful. All right, thanks everybody for leaving your voicemails, and we'll close out this episode of Amazing but True next. You want a groove to tail? I don't know if you want to like cry with her. That'll say Arrivederci. What does Arrivederci mean again? I think that's Italian, right? That, that means goodnight, I think. Arts is sure. Italian. He knows. Uh, I had a lot of chicken parm this weekend. Boom. Everyone tweets me that. They're like, love the show. Chicken parm. They don't even say anything about it. They just tweet chicken parm, period. So appreciate the love for chicken parm. That says goodnight to episode 122. That's a lot of amazing but true. Our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show, as always. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify with a nice review, please, on Apple. Follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True, at FiggyNY, and at Jake Brown Radio. When we're back next week, the New York Mets will have a playoff spot clinched and will be a week away 
from a week and a half of playoff baseball. The time is coming. The crunch stretch is here. The crunch berries are here. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back next Monday following the Mets three-game series. Yes, in Oakland. Hallelujah. What a season. It's been fun, and we'll catch you next week. We'll take you through the entire playoff run. Wait, before we finish, I forgot to mention, you pitched again. What happened? What what happened? Uh, Heard you got, got a fight. Two- no, I didn't get in a fight. Two quick outs. Uh, next guy hits a blooper to left field, keeps the inning alive. Then I hung a slider. Uh, guy hits a two-run home run. But he did it with a little too much flair for my liking. Flipped the bat up in the air as high as he could. So I waited for him in front of home plate and asked him why he did such things. And his response was, I'm just competing. And I said, no, no, that's not competing. Competing is when you hit the ball and went over the wall. What you did was extra, and if you want me to sign a ball for you, I will. And I took the baseball and rolled it towards his dugout with him. You so. took the ball, the ball that the umpire threw you? The ball the, the umpire gave me. Because yeah. the one he hit landed in the East River, correct? Or the <laughs> Atlantic no. Ocean? If it landed in the East River, my friend, that would be some kind of world record. No. It landed on the other side of the wall. You and gave him a, a, new, a new meaning to meatball in a cup. You, <laughs> you gave him a little cookie right down the middle. Yeah. Huh? He hit his home run. And again, I, it's not the first home run I've given up it's not the last home run i'll give up did I'm, you have I'm any sore. strikeouts yes i did how many one one inning one strikeout. one inning one strikeout how many runs just the two uh, lowering yeah, the, the era from 154 <laughs> down nice to 102 oh, no no uh, we we lowered our era jake oh okay we, what was the final record Correct. season's over right the season's over yep and uh, Do you want to fin- reveal the record or not well we finished tied for the battle of the belt which means we were 17 and 17 against the long island ducks that was the big ending push to our season um to try and win the battle of the belt after that uh we've had a tremendous second half played really really well uh we were spent guys gave everything they had um we were outmanned ran out of players towards the end hence why i had the pitch a couple times but um just it was a very fun first season uh fonzie did a tremendous job of, of getting the team to buy in there you know during mid-season as we started the second half and for my first year of coaching i couldn't ask for anything more i felt like my guys got a little bit better each and every time out there and and you know they had some seasons that they can really build off of for next year and if you want to sign me to a 10-day contract next year maybe i'll make my return i wouldn't sign you to a 10-minute contract bro i saw you in bp how about a 10 have to play that video cue the video hearts no 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 videos will be queued um uh, those videos have been deleted i my storage ran out i actually had to delete them because there was was too much (laughs) of course you did too much on there and as always figgy let's go mets (laughs) peace Hablador.